And featuring the most dangerous band in the world, it's Cape Crisis, with your host, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! And this is the weekly comic book podcast from the Laser Time Podcast Network, uh, and we talk about the big events in the world of comic books, and the things based upon which they are... Uh, that sentence sucked. I maybe screwed up that sentence. And, I, and this is a two-man episode because we're recording a little earlier than usual on uh-huh. Wednesday. But I'm here with... <laughs> what a terrible sound. Whoa. Christopher Antista. Hey, Chris. i got to clean off this soundboard. I don't know. That was, you know, it tells you you're getting ready for some uh, grown-up television. With, In uh, about two months, we do a love test show. I do, but it, like it's on the soundboard and it'll, it'll be outdated by the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, we're recording this on the final day of David Letterman. That was yes. sort of a tribute to David Letterman at the start. Mm-hmm. I wrote up a thing about David Letterman, which... David the, Letterman is retiring. There's there's so many things you could talk about David Letterman with. Like, I could have been doing weird, it for though. 33 years. Like, there's too many good sketches to but I also do think, either. But I also think... I think, the, I think our, our, your article did pretty poorly because the audience that we speak to knows nothing about him because he was done being relevant yeah, in about I, the mid-90s. He gave uh, up and coasted. Yeah. And everything my dad loved about him is, oh, you gotta see these stupid pet tricks. Like, I never once saw any of those on a new episode. No, I think he, they were all on old episodes. He would still occasionally have a funny sketch here and there, but mm-hmm. I think he just, yeah. Chris Elliott stuff before my time. Oh, uh, no. Like well, of, if you go back and watch the Chris Elliott stuff, it's though, great. It's, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched one I'd never seen before yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, I retweeted it. It was called Chris Elliott the Miracle Maker, and it was for their fifth anniversary special. Mm-hmm. And it revealed that Chris Elliott had been a robot the entire time, uh, built by a Geppetto-like guy. And it was all being, it was the story of Chris Elliott, and it was being told by George Takai. And there's this, like, this is 1986. This story, like, they discovered how funny George Takai was in 1986. Like, that, he's just, like, laughing. He's doing his laugh. He's doing all the awesome that stuff. Does, okay, let's tie this back to comics. Uh, Letterman crossed over with the Avengers. Yep, in 239, um, I believe. It was, and it was Associate Editor, or Assistant Editor's Month, which apparently is the month when all the bosses go to San Diego Comic-Con, so the assistant editors get to do a weird story. Really? And, and so they got, they got, uh, permission from Dave to put him and Schaefer in the book. He's on the cover and like yeah. uh, and almost it, every picture of Dave is constantly unflattering. Yeah. Oh, and I want to say this before before this this deal expires on Comixology cuz I to tie it into George Decay. I bought the rest of the Planet of the Apes Star Trek crossover in the Comixology for- IDW sale. I've never had to type in a coupon code before, mm-hmm. but it was insane. It's 50% off everything. Ninja Turtles, the Transformers versus GI Joe book. These are all things wow. I can't recommend enough and including the Star Trek Planet of the Apes in Lock and Key. Fucking Lock and Key. Wow, that's great. Godzilla, your G.I. Joes, your regular Transformers, your regular Star Treks, Gem and the Holograms. Well, Chris, I don't know if you've heard. Simon Pegg says you're not supposed to like that stuff. Um, It's infantilizing you. uh, I know what he's talking about. No, I agree. He didn't really mean that, but he also sort of did. Well, I think there is a certain facet of idealized internet culture that mm-hmm. doesn't see any in between between and I, I I said that a billion times like I, I went was in college uh, I in the what, was, what election year was that where George 2000? Bush stole the election 2000. from Al Gore 2000 that's happening in Tallahassee my city my yeah. city is ruined for about a month and a half as this rages on worldwide, but it's localized within my city, around wow. my college. Wow. And so, like, I was very idealistic, very, very pro-political and feminist and lefty, and, like, 
And then after like five years of that shit, like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm miserable. And my, <laughs> and my happiness is all faded upon like foreign affairs mm-hmm. and the Supreme Court like decisions. All shit I cannot control. So I yeah. made the deliberate decision to jump into escapism. And I think what we're seeing now with angry people on the internet, a lot of people don't like real world events jumping into their escapism. And when he talks yeah. about infantilization, I think that's sort of, you do need to have a healthy ground of both. Mm-hmm. Part of it's Peg sounding like an old man. Because yeah. he, I think he's, he's talking about a specific group of the internet. Well, and also... I think, I, I'm, I, I'm who he's talking about. I think he me- I think he definitely sees a bit of responsibility there, too. Like, oh, he is our king. Space, well, <laughs> I wouldn't call him king, but definitely a dude. Vice but like spot uh, spaced and hot uh hot mm-hmm. fuzz and and Shaun the Dead like he he was Shaun the Dead and Spaced especially they're about man children sort of growing yeah. up or at least negotiating adulthood while still holding on to their Star Wars toys mm-hmm. and their comic books and all that and stuff. I, I think I think when you talk about like fiction of adventure and like just no political or moral morality uh, inserted into it mm-hmm. it's no different than fucking sports and there are way more people watching sports it's just uh-huh. something to relax and cool out with however I would honestly say to Mr. Pegg most of this stuff has social commentary built into it yeah uh, well that's how I felt especially there... science fiction no that was something I've really when I read about the um, stuff going on with the <clears throat> Hugo Awards I think they are mm-hmm. like I barely want to get into this because this is like the Gamergate of sci-fi. Well, I, th- but- I think what he's talking about is, it, to me, part of Gamergate is infantilizing like real world doesn't have to enter into your and entertainment. You and it, but it, want escapism. Like, it it may not have escapism. to for you, but it's, that, it's unfair to say that's how it is for everybody. Uh-huh. But then I can I can empathize with the point of view of just like, but I didn't want to think about this stuff. Why are you ruining the one thing I no, like? I'm pissed because like, I, I did already think about this stuff. Ten years ago, it made me miserable. And so I'm not an anti-SJW person, but like, I already did this. I intentionally went to a place where like, A, nothing I do will hurt anybody. I'm, I'm not necessarily necessarily an ally but i am not harming your cause as i'm over here playing with toys because that is where i would prefer I to be well the, and i still prefer to be there you know it struck up something in me because definitely i'm somebody who is a super nerd SJW but also is trying to you know <laughs> be more adult i will i will say grown up uh, i've never seen anybody with more trigger words than anti-sjw people holy <laughs> yes, shit everything totally. But I really didn't want to get into art, art all is, that. Art but. is about trigger word, Joe. Though I will also say that one... I, I'm thinking of writing a whole thing on this, but... Hmm. He talked... One part that really got me was him saying, like, before Star Wars and Jaws, before blockbuster culture, the biggest the, hits, a lot of them were, like, Godfather. Complicated art the, films. Yeah, complicated Deer art Hunter. films. But I will say that, like, me watching Star Wars, my love of Star Wars as a kid, sure. when I turned, like, 16 or 17 and, and really started picking up on people saying, oh, man, people. no, he's he stole this. He stole this from Seven Samurai. He stole this from The Searchers. Sure. Like, I would go back and watch the great films. Like, Which I have a... One things to say about yeah. class and but they're still adventure films and hero films yeah but, and, but what i'm saying sorry. is that star wars acted as a doorway for me to look at more artful films too like True. it didn't prevent me in my case they didn't prevent me from seeing the types of films i think peg is talking about the mo- majority just, of the yeah. world is obsessed with not comics and movies mm. according to the ratings it's uh televised talent shows 
and athletic events. That is still the, the mainstream, yes. It is still the mainstream, and it's no less infantile than anything. It does. It, it, well, I mean, yeah, like sports fans didn't like seeing. They're like, hey, we're cool with you being gay, but why do you have to kiss your boyfriend on on a camera? <laughs> Don't bring like, your gay under the gridiron. <laughs> yeah, it made it did make people uncomfortable. I, totally, and I, I kind of get it, but I also think it's kind of hilarious. The same way I think it's hilarious when it happens to geeks when they're forced to think about yeah. something. Well, I read this. Um, uh, but I, oh, wait, shit. Okay. I forgot what I was going to say. Eh, it doesn't matter. Well, Chuck Klosterman has this book, uh, a more recent book of his called "I Wear the Black Hat," which mm-hmm. is just about villains and pop culture and and, uh, and 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 real life. And he talks. He has this one point. He comes up again and again with progressivism always wins. Mm-hmm. Like progress always. always wins. And so, always. if you're being regressive, forget who said like, it. The earth teeters to the to the side of justice always. Yeah. Well, and that you'll like say the people who said segregation now, segregation mm-hmm. forever. They won in that moment, but history like damns them. Yes. You know, it's and so it might it's in your best interest of a legacy if you want to be on the side of progressivism, but that's not easy for everybody, and it's hard to spot and all well, that. I, I just to Peg's thing about infantile stuff, like, like and he was speaking about Doctor Who and, Com- and all things he loves, and he's presided over basically, and that we and love, had, and we have a whole podcast I had, I about. Just, I didn't get mad when I saw it. I was just like, I do agree with you, but you do sound like an old grump. One, mm-hmm. like two words, Winter Soldier. Yeah. There's no more mainstream film than that, and it has heavy, heavy shit to say about real life uh, politicized events, yeah. uh, about uh, about the NSA, about privacy, about the government's uh, influence on our lives, mm-hmm. and it's all there in a fucking Marvel film well, that I, did extremely well. Yeah. I also read some funny stuff about Ma- okay, Mad Max. Boy, like oh, mini review, real quick here. Not too many spoilers, but Mad Max Fury Road was the bomb. Like Jesus. it was so good. It kicked my dick in the dirt. It, 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 I haven't had a response like that to a film since Pacific Rim, which <laughs> I haven't seen again because I'm afraid to recapture, like trying to recapture that initial astonishment. <gasps> but Mad Max should have been like everything that's wrong. I, like you look at some of the facts about it. It's mm-hmm. The director coming back to a series he hadn't touched in like 25, 30 years. He's an older guy. And it's, you know, a sequel that recasts people and it's sort of half a reboot. It should be like, yeah, this will this will fail like all those other ones. But it's it at least from a creative standpoint, it is everything. It is to be. excellent, and 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 I think part of that and it's full R. Like and I think he it went should, all the way for R. It should give you a little faith in DC films, as that is Warner Brothers. That was Warner. doing excellent world building and with that, no lore exposition. It just mm-hmm. it just starts and it moves, and it's this. It's actually a, a much simpler story than any Mad Max movie has been. Yeah, it's a, it, it's one long chase, and it felt so much simpler. For it felt like George Miller had a lot more freedom, like, but it's it's getting more movies. It has, and that's I, I wanted to bring that up because it has a comic, and I looked at some pages from it. Yeah, the true comic hasn't come out yet, but and well, it's coming out. Yeah, the, the Fury Road four parter, and mm-hmm. I, I saw some preview pages, and it's just like I want to see this again before I dig it. Like I'm really hit over the. head. This is a big week for lore. Uh, uh, the Witcher three is out, which I described to uh, Michael as it bludgeons you over the head instantly with lore bukaki. Like the second you start. <laughs> Uh, uh, runes races like let me start first let me be interested in your universe before you start telling me everything about it some of this stuff I'll get Mm -hmm. 
some of the stuff I'll get I'll get more curious about. But, but uh, for Mad Max, it's like it's a wasteland, and this is Mad Max. He's a oh, guy dude. who survived. Like his whole speech about just setting up. I'm Mad Max. I'm the ultimate survivor. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I do. The end. And, I, and, and, and that, that it's like we we watched Road Warrior before that, and how well it functions as a. It's not a reboot. Yeah, but it is. But it's not. It can take place wherever you want it to. I, I'm feeling it's more like now the man with no name, like like well, the, aka Clint Eastwood in in a little, the Bad. That's, probably, that's an excellent example. Who just he's technically he just a is. different guy every time, yeah. sorta. Like he does. It's not that he doesn't have a name. He has nicknames. Blondie, he's Blondie. Joe. He's Joe. Yeah, he's not a guy with no name, but mm-hmm. he is a consistent character. Yeah. And, well, and and if you've actually seen the original Mad Max, mm-hmm. which kind of shows a world on the brink of apocalypse, mm-hmm. it lo- a lot of the, it looks like a lot like our world, be it in the un- inhospitable desert of Australia. Uh, but and most people have never seen Mad Max. I did. I watched it once, but the problem was I saw it after Road Warrior, mm-hmm. and it just it'll disappoint it, you. As a kid, anyway, that's how I felt when I saw Aliens mm-hmm. and then Alien. When I watched that backwards, it just felt. Weaker. It's, it's like though, the first Rocky. It's an it's an excellent yeah. indie film, and it's probably technically a better film. But I completely understand why the majority of the world doesn't yeah. revere it as much as the sequels. But also, it had comic. I will say that Mad Max had felt like comic book storytelling too. In that every character seemed important. Like all, the, he just introduced. Oh, here's this gang leader. We won't explain shit about him, but look, he's got a weird metal nose. He's got a giant foot. <laughs> you just know he's got all this story to him. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in their background, right. their, their cars tell their story. They're, everything's dripping with backstory, and that's how you get. That's like, how you like really double get decker nineteen fifties cars. You can yeah. kind of see at a, a time when the world ended. And yeah. I love. I think Miller described like their cars as like it wanted to be ugly as shit. Mm-hmm. But the cars are people fusing together and assembling whatever beauty they can find left this is what's from left. the former they world. Got nothing, and left. I love the cars in the film. Holy shit, they're so cool looking. Yeah, and also you know the Furiosa is so great. Like she is such a great addition to the yeah. world of Mad yeah. Max. Like she's yeah, it, it was just so good. And I it's such cannot a, if recommend you think about it enough. If you even if you don't have to have seen, please don't watch Thunderdome yet. Uh, that's that's advanced Save Mad that. Max. Save it's it. so terrible in my opinion. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't see it until last year for the first time it's fucking terrible it is such an isolated story in the world of Mad Max mm-hmm. the, the rumor is the next one will be called just Wasteland mm-hmm. and we'll see everything from it wow. um, uh, shit, well, I, also I feel like another a lesser director would have had a dumb scene where like Mel Gibson like shows up as yeah. a character or something and maybe maybe that's just because Mel Gibson is like irradiated dog shit right now as far as like putting him in no, a the, movie, the references but. of the former movies are very slight and subtle like his his leg brace yeah is, I come, love seeing his it leg comes brace. from an injury made from a movie 30 years ago the yeah. music box he hands someone is this is a similar to the music box he hands the feral kid and road mm-hmm. warrior and like I'm so glad we sat a bunch of us down and watched that right beforehand it was like a reference you never would have gotten yeah it's uh it's it's just beautiful you should see it but now we should talk about what we've been reading what's reading so Boo. let me start first with a book uh, that's gonna be the Hanks pick of the week I am so ashamed it took me this long to read it. Hmm. Private Eye by hmm. Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. I don't know. Is okay. it new? So, it is off the grid. It is basically the, um, what was the name of the, hmm. the what was the name of the Pay What You Want Radiohead album? Puzzle in Rainbows? Piece of, in Rainbows, yeah. It's like the In Rainbows of comics, which is... Hmm. Two of the highest level writer and the two high level writer and artist mm-hmm. decide they say F everything. Mm-hmm. We're making this thing outside the system. So they did a ten issue limited series called Private Eye, and it's this amazing sci-fi future world where 
the press works for the government, and this is after the Great Flood, which is oh, when... Oh, yeah, far-off world, Hank, well, whatever. No, it's, wait, it's called... So the flood happened, <laughs> but the flood is when the cloud broke, and everyone's information was shared with everyone. And oh, so no. now there's no more internet, and the government controls everything. It's just landlines, and it's, it's in L.A. in the future, but it's also the past, and everybody has their own fake identities. It is so... Fascinating. It is really an interesting world. And then it's also noir. It's a detective mm-hmm. noir. And it's it's just great. And so it's a pay-what-you-want thing. So just go to, um, I believe it's called is Panel it, Syndicate. Is that digital and physical, I'm you guessing? Get, no, it's only digital. Only digital. Well, I just imagine physical if you wanted to pay more. I want I want a physical copy on my yeah, shelf get over now. That but shit. So Your shelf is packed. I bought, it sure is, but uh, I bought the first volume, which is the first six issues. But the price is immaterial. It is literally pay-what-you-want. If you mm-hmm. want to get, if you think that five issues of some of the best comics of the last year is worth one huh. penny, you pay them one penny. Huh. You shouldn't do that. Pay them <laughs> what you think is right. <laughs> Guys, when people are asking you for money outside of a system, you should give them more. Well, Lasertime.bandcamp.com. I've always said uh, books are... F- I've said this about a lot of... Books are for reading, not keeping. Uh-huh. But you should make some effort to compensate artists that you mm. like. And this is all... They say it it's, on their page. This all goes directly to them. Yeah. Like this... It, it's just a direct PayPal or they kicking back to Bandcamp? Not 30%, I'll bet. I bet not. I don't know. I'm not seeing any of it, Hank. Uh, Plug it again. <laughs> Lasertime.bandcamp.com. <laughs> Avengers commentaries, guys. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who bought. But anyway, yeah, Private Eye is great. I am I am now just three issues into it, but I love it. Well, like, Marcos Martin is, he's such a great artist. And he he's done amazing work on, like, if you were the first run of Daredevil comics, he did that. Mm-hmm. Those were gorgeous. And he did uh, some of my favorite issues recently of Amazing Spider-Man. He did the No One Dies two-parter. Mm-hmm. He's just such a, he's like Steve Ditko, but more pop art like mm. it's just it's so good everybody needs to check out her so i'm guessing that, that means it's not on comicsology no they're outside of that system too it's Jesus. just you buy it from them and they'll give you you'll get a cbr cbz and pdfs you just read it and yeah it, it's amazing like i can't wait to break a baker i just it. burned this on a cbr a strawberry shortcake over and stupid <laughs> reference to something no one will remember fine <laughs> Uh, and then I'm also halfway through uh, Pluto, which I talked about before on here. Should have uh, made a CB4 reference. It's a good file name. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's better. Uh, the the, oh. the lost uh, SNL classic CB4. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie Murphy. But yeah, Pluto is the Naoki Urasawa adaptation mm-hmm. of Astro Boy, which is is so good. Urasawa may be my favorite like manga artist right now. Like mm-hmm. he's. He really is like a living legend in Japan. He's he's just that good. He did he did Monster, which I'm going to start now. And it's one of our friend Bob Mackey's favorite books. Wow, you should totally have Bob Mackey. Wow, Bob Mackey. He has a permanent space in the soundboard, and I feel yeah. like that's unfair. I've got to invite him more. Mm-hmm. And then we get into this week's stuff, which I know that both of us read <laughs> A Force number A-Force. one. Uh, so yeah, the first. As people pointed out, Secret Wars is only two a month, a couple months. So we're well. I was going to be a month because I thought the next I thought some I thought someone had said the story was in a post Battle World universe. But mm-hmm. what I think I confused it with was all new and all different Avengers. That story was post that is Secret post. Wars. But A Force is a book that will continue post Secret Wars. Yes, but it begins within. So I opened it up. I'm like, eh, Doom, Doom wants to Doom wants to put you in jail. Mm-hmm. So it goes. Doom God. Like ah God shit. Doom. I wanted I wanted to see a little bit of what the not, not that I don't like what's happening mm-hmm. in Secret Wars, uh, I, and I also feel terrible that we're not 
We're not doing this with convergence. Yeah, but convergence. Okay, I'll tell you the difference between these, but they're both. They both feel like stories that don't count to me, which mm-hmm. kind of hurts my ability to enjoy them a little bit. But convergence doesn't count more to me because mm-hmm. convergence exists because they needed to take three months off because everybody moved offices. Like that's literally why it happened. They they are. Well, I thought moved- it was also towards a new oh yeah they're going to reboot when they get to the end but the the practical reasons are they shut down the manhattan office Mm -hmm. three months ago two three months ago and everybody moved to burbank in that time they needed they just prepared two to three months of content Mm -hmm. and just pushed that out this week these two months that's what convergence is like so but it still has universal implications yeah so i wasn't into convergence because i wasn't that into what the new 52 is and then they have books that are taking place in the old universe, but that just feels. I'm only not, to not me. into it because I didn't read almost anything leading up to yeah. Convergence, just but, Batman. But I'm very interested. I honestly am real interested in the DC and post Convergence. I'm yeah, super interested. Like I want to read Prez. Uh, I want to read Black Canary. I I am interested to see where they're going with the uh, Superman with no secret identity. I want to see that. And, and in in defense of, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but it'll also probably I think drive me to piracy. I'm going because people Chris, don't advocate. People that give me listeners. their free Marvel codes, uh, which I wanted to thank uh, Devin and uh, Chris this week for doing that. Mm-hmm. Doing that for me, it was real sweet. Got a bunch of stuff, and we're going to give away some of those uh, as soon as we figure oh, nice. out how. Uh, I also got uh, some codes. I'll thank them later when I mm-hmm. have it pulled up. Sorry, <laughs> um, but anyway, back to A Force. It was a mm-hmm. good first issue. Yeah. But it's just setting up the world. It's just another thing. But I am confused. It takes place in Secret Wars. I read a long time ago, right around the start of Marvel now, the Young Avengers stuff with Lady Loki and Lady Captain America. Yeah. Where the fuck does that take place again? What universe was that? No, no, no. You're thinking of... You're thinking of Miss America. Miss America. And young Loki. It was He wasn't a girl Got in that it. book. But now she has shifted back to being a woman in this A-Force book. No, but I think she was a woman in the start of Marvel now. She wasn't because I'd read a Young uh, Avengers thing before that where it wasn't Lady, uh, Lady Loki. I'm, I'm but where, I, I totally didn't even sure, think about anyway, where did that take place? What universe was that? That was in our universe, but okay. also other ones. It could <laughs> Miss America comes from a different universe, oh, that, and, but she has universe jumping powers. That's, that's why I think we're reading more... I want to say why I'm reading more Secret Wars and not really doing my best to dig into convergence. Yeah, obviously there's an issue of time. DC just rebooted its entire universe mm. and it has done several times. Marvel has and, never done that. And so just to do it four years in of like, yeah, we're kind of rebooting <laughs> again. Yes. Like, yeah. It's like I can't I can't get that excited because it's not the first time. It that, is since hard. I've been rereading starting to read comics again. It's mm. not even the first time since then. But I I mean I I love a team book that puts She-Hulk at the forefront. Mm. And, I love She-Hulk so much. And also like the implications of the battle between for dominance between She-Hulk and Medusa, like there was a little bit where Medusa's like, I think I should be leader. She's like, no, no. Though I also get so they don't live in a world that's all super women because mm-hmm. there are some super guys there. You see Luke Cage, yeah, you I see saw Luke Namor. Cage. So I think they just maybe inverted the. They're just like, yeah, there's one Superman for every five super women. Maybe how it usually oh, really? is in the Marvel universe. This is what well, I'm thinking. Does this it have anything to do with Arcadia? Well, I mean, Arcadia is just where they were placed in Battle World by mm-hmm. Doom. Like Doom set, I, as far as I think, Doom set up Battle World. But it's World. not like it's not like sitting on a core of estrogen or something like that. <laughs> no, it's just where he dropped. Same with Spider Verse. So mm-hmm. I read Spider Verse yeah, number one. I picked up Planet Hulk though, and that takes place on Spider Island, mm-hmm. where all the Spider characters were sent to, except for Peter, but not Peter all, Parker. Our Peter Parker is mm-hmm. gone, but mm-hmm. uh, but all the rest of the Spider 
Spiders from Spider-Verse are there. And it was a cool book that has a an hilarious backup starring Spider-Ham. It's that's worth getting alone, but uh Again, it is a little hard for me to read it and think like, well, this doesn't count. Like this, I mean, <laughs> what will count and what will carry over? Like A-Force will apparently carry over, but it was the same a decade or so ago when House of M happened. It's I was slightly uninterested in House of M too because it was like, oh, it's a whole new universe with, with Magneto in charge of everything and mutants run the world. I'm like, well, this isn't staying. Like, I don't care. I, I was fortunate enough to read that in one burst. Uh uh, way later on, when so was, like when I was reading it concurrently, I yeah, was that must have been it. weird. Yeah, that must have been because it, it seemed like it, that was probably a really long time. <laughs> took a while. It took a while, uh, yeah. but it was really interesting to read. It was just like how I read Age of Apocalypse. Like mm. this is not necessarily an Elseworld book, but you know, yeah. Well, you, I, I, I have faith. I know what exists on the side, and I know what status quo it goes back to. The weird notion I had with both Convergence and Secret Wars. It's like the events of what's happening in the world only matters to super beings. (laughs) And I'm trying... I wish somebody had pitched like... Can you just give me the perspective of like a nobody human who has to who has to bear witness to all of this? Yeah. Like what the fuck? Who said she got to be Baroness? There was no election. Yeah. And I, then like then it's going to be all over and like is the news going to remember Secret Wars? That's <laughs> I don't know. That's the big question. Will people be blogging of what about what it's like to live in a post-convergence world? <laughs> I did. So in A4 Will Andy Rooney complain and how did Jim Gordon get to be Batman anyway? I can think well, of a million better choices. Why were to be we all Batman? kidnapped by Brainiac? <laughs> What's he got to do with it? But A-Force and Spider-Verse both, mm-hmm. they did something I did like, which gave me a sense of what it's like to live in the Secret Wars-verse, mm-hmm. which Secret Wars 2 doesn't give you as much in its mm-hmm. like Game of Thrones ripoff. I just I want to know how... How everything got to that? I don't exactly know what Doom did. Well, you're supposed to. You'll you'll find out. You'll find Is that out. still the case? Yeah, it's that's the cliffhanger. I see, I see Stephen that's Strange the... acting like the sheriff of Nottingham, and I'm like, what the fuck? How did they talk you into this? <laughs> that's the carrot they're dangling in your really? face. Really, Odin? He's controlling Odin. How did this all happen? He controls every Thor from every multiverse. And, and like, there's so, a Groot so, Thor I saw, which looks awesome. So is is Asgard? Part of the 616? I mean, Asgard is part of the 616. There's an Asgard for every dimension. So because these two literal planets collided, Mm -hmm. that affected Asgard? Well, it's not just those literal planets. It's every every planet was obliterated. Every planet was obliterated, and then when he remade Battleworld after the Mm -hmm. last two planets destroyed them, after the last two Earths destroyed themselves, he remade Battleworld. Then I think he just picked a piece from everything and made it into like a patchwork Ah. quilt. That is my that's my fan theory. It's like me at a salad bar. I'll have olive cheese and ham. This is practically not a salad anymore. Uh, I read Star Wars Five as well. The, oh, I want to read that. It's the last issue by John Cassidy, is the artist mm-hmm. who is my top three favorite artist operating right now. He's so great, though it still ends on a cliffhanger. It's not like the end. Doesn't feel like anything is like a storyline in the Star Wars. It's just one issue to the next and just a continuous cliffhanger. But. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Like the place it leaves you in that in this one, I'm like, it's on the level of you know at the end of issue one, it's Darth Vader is facing down Luke and like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, you have that moment. It's a similar moment at the end of issue five. It's really amazing. Really, like, but that would does that imply they've met? 
Before. No, you remember at the end of issue one of Star Wars, yeah. Darth Vader and Luke meet up face to face. He do. doesn't know he's. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know his name. He the, the but story, he recognizes the saber. Yeah, he's like, oh, you got this. Yeah, as far as as far as Vader knows, Luke is just some kid that Obi Wan Kenobi found and mm-hmm. gave a lightsaber to. He hasn't put it together yet that this kid from Tatooine is his son because, as far as he knows, his children died. Never, never. I've never seen it happen in any work of fiction. But would it be amazing just to recognize your own child upon first sight. Holy shit, uh, that guy looks like me and that girl I banged. I actually saw I <laughs> saw that in a uh on a on a TV show recently, actually. Oh really? That was on Flash. I think that was the oh, plot man. point of Flash. But uh hearing a lot of good stuff about Flash so I in the last three days I crammed five episodes of Flash. I had mm-hmm. not I had not been keeping up to date, but I watched the last five, mm-hmm. including the season finale, which was just last night. Mm-hmm. And it was really great. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay, so I read this great article about what defines. I'm guessing Flash you're trying not to spoil it. Now, what I'm saying is that Flash is, it's below top-tier TV. It's not Breaking Bad. It's not Mad Men. It's not Game of Thrones. But it's not like CSI either. Like, it's in this weird mid-tier of, we care, we're building stuff, but it's also a procedural. And when you watch five episodes back-to-back, I could totally see their normal setup, which is, oh, that we have... Plot A, the season-long arc, mm-hmm. and they drop breadcrumbs of it in the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. Then they have their monster of the week, and then they drop the breadcrumbs at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's but when they did that with Gorilla Grodd, the Gorilla Grodd episode was stupendous. I loved that episode. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that so much. And, and I, I will say, I I started scouting out places to buy the season because it's not mm-hmm. it's not available. I, you know, Arrow. If you can wait three months, Arrow appeared on Netflix when the second season. Yeah, I, started, but I so. I a bunch of people have been bugging me about it. Yes, Willie. I'm recognizing that it's just been hard to obtain without like outright piracy and I normally there's one thing I don't buy digitally and like I keep waiting for are season sets because they're ridiculously priced normally yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I may have found the PlayStation Network oh, yeah. um, the PlayStation Network has it's $25 for the full season pretty good in hd and that's well for hd that's pretty yeah good. like that's that that's a lot better that's than beyond Apple. reasonable because it's usually like three dollars an episode and i'm guessing yeah. is it like a 13 episode or 20 it's 23 that's great that's less than a buck an episode that seems yeah. unbelievably appropriate to me yeah i may do it i don't know i i did ask people um yesterday because the uh, news like two weeks ago powers got renewed mm-hmm. and i was like well, that's kind of a shocker I didn't, I didn't, again, I did not hate the show. I just thought, this is fucking insane. <laughs> this is insane. I imagine uh, it's only going to get even crazier. Yeah. At worst, and I think somebody said it, I perfectly described it as a, uh, a show written by a teenager made on a CW budget. Um, <laughs> because that's how it, the original episode was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm, my eyes are just wide. Like, are they really, really doing all uh-huh. this? Yeah. What, Boxing Marco is kind of boring. The two characters you're supposed to feel empathy for just come off like dicks. Uh, Mr. Anthony, Mr. Dr. Anthony. Yeah, I'm going to teach you. Uh, made it through the first season. It's really strange. I think I don't like it. Like, nobody had great uh, things to say about it. You know, with Flash, there were also... There were a couple groan-inducing moments uh, on and Chris, show, Chris, too. Chris Cummins, uh, Dat... I want to make sure I get his... Dat Manticore, who gave me a bunch of comics this week uh, via Digital Code. Thank you. Uh, I finished the first season. It's good, and I'd suggest watching it. Anytime Wolf is involved, the show gets insane. All right. Well, let me say this again about Flash. Mm-hmm. Like, its problems are it doesn't have <laughs> the best actors, and mm-hmm. it also sometimes <laughs> repeats itself too much of like but what are we gonna do like Mm -hmm. no you solved this last episode don't reset this problem but i really the core group on it like jesse martin as uh as detective west Mm -hmm. uh, but especially like barry the guy they got to play barry is amazing like he's great he's really great and also the guy um i guess 
is it uh, the guy who plays uh, Harrison Wells? Like he's the, who's the man in yellow. Like mm-hmm. he's very good too, and and so is Iris. Iris West is real good as well. And I like Splintered Universe thing they're talking about in it, and that this is like another Earth, or it's an alternate mm-hmm. timeline from the Justice League universe, and it's could explain everything involving the TV shows. But the other, the two complaints I have is one, it makes it feel like I have to be watching Arrow to get some things because, like, in three mm-hmm. different episodes, they just meet Arrow characters yeah. and talk about Arrow stuff, or Arrow shows up and they go, "Hey, what are you, what's with this new costume? Yeah, I just did this thing, huh?" And mm-hmm. then and then Arrow says, "Hey, I might need your help on something," which is basically the Arrow saying, "Watch the Arrow to see the Flash." <laughs> And then it's just me- like there should be a little fucking yellow box pop up at the bottom. J.J. Abrams says, see Arrow Whip 3.1. And when they're going to have a third show in that universe, it yeah. again makes me think like, so am I, is this really that I have to watch three is shows to really get... No, no, no. It's it's DC Legends of Tomorrow, which we'll talk about and, in the news and segment. Supergirl won't be in the same universe, you don't think? News segments. Okay. okay. Uh, but, I did have a, a what you've been watching thing I wanted to mention. Okay, but, we, but then the other annoying thing is they sometimes have very corny music cues. The one mm-hmm. I'm thinking of is when uh, when Flash has a meeting with Captain Cold. Captain Cold puts on the jukebox and is playing Cold as Ice. Sacrifice. <laughs> like they're playing Cold as Ice. Like that is that is so cheesy. That is like the day one. Oh, what song <laughs> should I put in this background? Let's like, see. I've only heard two. What's a song that says ice? That'll that'll make people think of his powers. Oh man! Oh goodness! And then I oh, and the guy wanna, who plays wanna, Cisco is very good. I like him a lot. Give a shout out to our old buddy Parker Wilhelm because he's sending me some panels. Like you really need to be reading Archie versus Predator oh. and just this picture of Riverdale firing automatic weapons into the Predator. <laughs> Oh man, it looks oh, that great. great. Uh, uh, well, okay. Did you say you were watching something? Yeah, like what just hit Netflix is a new documentary called Stripped, and this is this is kind of where I come to shine. I'm like maybe yeah, more so than you. I am a huge fan of comic strips, and I do think I that the long strips. Oh, that was kickstarted, wasn't it? Um, and Bill Waterson did an art. Uh, Bill Waterson yeah. not only did the cover art for it, and, it's, and if you scroll through Netflix, you'll immediately be like, "That looks like Calvin's dad," because uh-huh. that's basically how he draws himself. It's the first time ever Bill Waterson is allowed. To have his voice recorded, he's not Whoa, filmed. But uh, his voice, wow! Yeah, it's it's really good and like like marvelous, marvelous behind the scenes and how all these comics started. How how comics started. Um, Jim Davis talking frankly about how Garfield started. Uh, even more interesting, like I did like the woman. Her name is Kathy, who created Kathy. Yeah, like okay. how she like just working as an ad exec one day and like fuck this. I submitted a cartoon oh. back in the day when like you could just submit a cartoon and someone would be like, sure, okay, King Features. Just okay, like, yeah, not everybody sends us an envelope with a cartoon in it. Uh, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> but like that was. It, but getting syndicated, they describe as being really hard. Mm-hmm. But the the really interesting thing I thought about the film, they also have like the oatmeal guy and like Penny. Arc- Oh, uh, the wow. PvP creators are all on there too, talking about their comic strips, and and they juxtapose that with like every newspaper is dying, <laughs> uh, and, and and they're right. Some of them are like not. I don't even want to call it curmudgeonly. It's just like someone frankly says, you know, we're talking about dollars when we're talking about newspapers, mm-hmm. and despite more views when you talk about web we're talking about penny yeah and yep. the, the, of course the young guys come in like well I make most of my money off merchandise as you probably do too if your comic has been successful in papers for I mean, 20 years and that's how Jim Davis made a lot of money yeah yeah pause ink baby mm-hmm. um, I'm applying for a position there <laughs> goodbye laser time network you just, I, I bet I can draw like Garfield yep no no nothing like that I'm just gonna approve uh, gonna make sure normal <laughs> is within continuity <laughs> please donate no uh, but 
I really, really, really liked it. Like eight, I've never seen that many comic strip people talk. Not even in the Thank You, Mr. Watterson, Dear Mr. Watterson documentary. I will absolutely watch it. But the, the coolest thing is they're talking about the extinction of papers. And um, they have some historian come in briefly, and I'm going to fucking butcher what he says. But he's like not even talking about comics. He's talking about the origin of comics and, and the origin of, origin of the printing press. Uh, and like when the printing press began, you needed pictures. Uh, where did pictures come about? Well, it was the printing press. So people etched in wood. They would etch designs in wood painstakingly in order to make a stamp out of them turn them into something that could print onto paper. And then guess what? Photograph was invented. So everybody who had been etching things into paper, oh. he said he and he outlined with within 10 years, that industry completely died. Completely wow. died. Completely died. It was an industry overnight that just went like when the scheme of things overnight went away. And then he just had this beautiful However, the people, the same people who had skill etching things into carvings were comic artists. The, the, the comic persevered. It's like it's, in a way, one of the earliest forms of artwork and the most resilient. Uh, um, and that's, that's, that's a, what these people were doing, but they were doing it in a fucking wood. So for a really while it hopeful. disappeared. And the ones who adapted are the ones who made it, who continued success in that medium. They just didn't use wood anymore. And it was it was such a beautiful statement on like on like the power of the comic strip, which I do fucking love. I don't I, I know that has to be hard for people online. I cannot and that's because I am, for lack of a better word, a content creator, and it does go into like don't feel funny today. Guess what? Yeah, I mean oatmeal oatmeal is this amazing comic strip about the creative process it, of like uh, going from having a boss who says this is due Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All right, and instead of going like you can do whatever you want, and there's no deadline. Oh, and huh. and I, because in my world, I'm kind of in that position, but I have the luxury of like I didn't like the Batman trailer. <laughs> I can just you I can, can just at least do say that. that yeah. and, but like the comics artists, they don't necessarily have that option because they have to do a very structured three to five panel joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, great documentary strip. It's on Netflix if you're in the U.S. I don't know anything about you other territories. All right, uh, well, block that IP. Sign up anyway. I will check that out. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, the news, including the answers to Chris's questions about Supergirl meeting the Flash, oh. and some rides that are going to take you for things, and your answers to last week's question of the week, right when we get back. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the break for episode 138, and I thank you all, as usual, for listening, just as I thank everybody who bought the Avengers and Iron Man 3 commentary tracks that are on lasertime.bandcamp.com that really helped me out during this first month of unemployment as we head on our way to a possible Patreon for the Laser Time Network, but that's... I'm just teasing that for now, like a, like a post-credits teaser on, on an Avengers film. But also, let me tell you guys, uh, if you go to lasertimepodcast.com, You'll see a bunch of great stories we've been doing. I've been writing a lot more for the site. Just in the last three days, I posted the new story on the DC ride. Um, I wrote a story on saying goodbye to David Letterman. And I wrote this uh, guide to the new releases on Amazon this week. Which, again, if you're going to buy something off Amazon this week or ever, why not go through a link on our site? It costs no extra to you. And it it kicks back a little bit of money our way and helps keep the gears moving on the whole laser time operation. 
operation. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, I again ask if you please give a review and a star rating like that helps the visibility of it on, on iTunes and helps it be shared. Also, you know, it wouldn't hurt to share with a friend how much you enjoy the show. Tell other people about it. Let people know that this is a fun show about comic books that you want to listen to and that we don't hate DC. Tell people that about this show. Uh, and lastly, it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. Uh, so beyond the books you can actually buy physically through Amazon, I am also suggesting you get Private Eye. I Again, I've just been loving it. It is so good. I wish I had read it months ago when it began, but it's the great page you want thing. Buy it directly from Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. It is like made for tablets, this widescreen storytelling, great like futuristic post-neo-future noir about about identity theft and the world without the internet. It's just, it's such a great piece of science fiction. I am loving it. And the all 10 issues are out now and you can pay one cent for all of them if you really wanted to, but pay what you want. I'll have a link to it on this week's page, along with a bunch of other links to the comics we talk about this week that you can buy on Amazon. And again, help us out. All right. And now back to the rest of the show. Whoa, we're back, bros and girls, uh, for the news segment on Cape Crisis, episode 138. Well, I wrote about this on the website, and you definitely need to check it out. It is the joke of the DC ride that is opening up in texas oh man uh, in in six flags over texas Shit, i meant to look into that more so it uh, well, I, I did the i did the research on i, it, I know but, but it, you know that's like mm-hmm. i go to sleep reading about theme parks <laughs> you love theme parks i yes. do uh, i do and i've been to a lot of six flags so it's justice league battle for metropolis mm-hmm. now i've never been to six flags texas or to many six flags is mm-hmm. actually i've actually i think back to it i've only been to one six flags and that is the one in atlanta because that's yeah. when i live there but because when i moved to florida when you were there they, they had... barely wanted us to go my parents barely wanted to go to like the stuff in Orlando or uh, Bush Gardens in Tampa no, I, I never thought of my dad as a fucking salty dickhead but like he hate he took me to Disney World when I was six mm-hmm. and then refused to ever go again <laughs> what an asshole like, you have two kids and a younger daughter who's way bigger into Disney than I am uh, didn't want to go at all and and so I my mean, grandparents had to take me to Disneyland. For dads, dads don't like that stress. Ah, my feet hurt all the time. I did like the second day I was in Disneyland. I like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm shuffling to the exit like a fucking zombie. It felt like Auschwitz. Like a bunch of people crouched <laughs> together trying to squeeze up against a gate. And and, my, and like I I'm okay with dying right now. My feet uh, are in tremendous pain. I feel like cattle. Like I that that does happen after a while at a theme park. But my, my grandparents were forced to take me the next two times. Didn't go again until I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I went to Six Flags with my history class. Oh, wow. That's when I went to Bush Gardens on, on school what? trips. Well, I've told this story before, but we almost, uh, at the end of my ninth grade, we were going to go to Disney mm-hmm. uh, World, but we found out that through the grapevine, some parent told them, like, oh, no, this is gay day there where a bunch of gays, <laughs> it's when a bunch of, like, evil gays and decide little, to little go. little gay Hank just, like, excellent. When they, when they <laughs> want to send, when, you know, it was a get-together for gays at the park and you're supposed to wear a red shirt and that identifies, like, I'm gay and I'm at, at Disney World. Oh, and man, that's going to confuse that, the Crips. And that possible, <laughs> that possible moment of having kids surrounded by gay men in 1996... Was too terrifying. Panic! 
So they took us. They took us to Bush Gardens instead. But okay, so you went to uh, you went to six. Well, it would like in like the day, the uh-huh. day after I left, they announced it like they were turning the Red Ride. Mm. I think it was the Ninja call, turning that into Superman Ride. Yeah, and then they were gonna. Uh, maybe it was starting to be the Batman. Ride. It was the best coaster there. Well, so the six, went underwater. So okay, that's my thing. I'm not a coaster guy. I'm I okay. Love I'm okay with coasters, but I actually get a little nervous. But on But I them. am super gay for dark rides. Like cornball rides. Are what I love, and I love, that's what this looks like, right? That, that's why, as a ride, it is it is officially a dark ride, a 4D dark ride. So I love holograms and dioramas; those are irreplaceable. You can go to you can go to roller coasters anywhere. All right, but what I don't like about what uh, Justice the Justice League ride is mm-hmm. is that it seems to have a dose of Toy Story Midway Mania, which I think is a lame ride. A little bit. It looks more like Buzz I mean, Lightyear's Galactic Attack, but you know, what? you're the expert here. Look, whatever. It's the one where you shoot <laughs> it's you shoot lasers while you're riding. They yeah. both do that, except like, like the Toy Story Mania is kind of outdoors. Okay, fine. Um, then it, it is the indoor Buzz Lightyear one. Though the Buzz Lightyear, as I recall, the Buzz Lightyear animatronic outside of the Lightyear shooting, well, it's an amazing animatronic. Yeah, the animatronics Disney's doing oh, now, pro- yeah. they're projecting faces on It's a projected on. face. It's but they look cheese. insane. Yeah. They, I love them. I love those things um, so much. Oh, God. Moan for Sloan has been sending me all these pictures of the Hatbot ghost. Can I get through this real fast? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put up something on Laser Time this week that will have Mr. Paul Freeze narrating Disney animation Whoa. relating to Tomorrowland. Whoa. Uh, yeah. And it's awesome. If you don't know who Paul Freeze is, uh, he's also the voice in Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. And the Haunted Mansion opened up, and one of the uh, one of the things wasn't working too well, and that was the Hatbox ghost. But it was in all the it was in all the promotional art. It's uh. in, in like they made a record of it, and the Hatbox Ghost is on there. So he's he's <laughs> the most iconic ghost associated with it, uh, and he just he disappeared in like the first couple weeks. Wow. And because they didn't keep tight records back then, nobody knew what happened. And I the best they can trace back like it was an audio animatronic when they didn't work and they were pulled out. They just get ripped apart and well, cannibalize yeah, for other stuff. That's like, what they do with the presidents. Too. Song Song of the South is like if you or uh, Splash Mountain if you've ever been on that. There's all these animals. None of those animals are in. The movie Song of the South. It was from America Sings, a little a little venue where little robots sing you American patriotic theme songs in the seventies. And they all got when that ride closed down, they ripped all those out wholesale and put them in Splash Mountain. Uh, but they finally reinstalled the Hatbox Ghost uh, for the first time since like what the fifties. Uh, they just put them in. Sorry, why did I deviate so much? All right. Well, speaking of animatronics, that's that one of the things crazy. that most impresses me on that ride is that it is a it is a mix of animatronics into the screens. Like like mm-hmm. most dark rides, it's more of a universal style ride than a roller coaster. Yeah, I guess and Universal so, that has corner of the market. Oh on yeah, the that's that is what I love about the dark their dark room rides. Like mm-hmm. even. Oh man, the, they're they're one of their newest ones, if not the newest. The Gringotts one is amazing. Oh like, man, it I is, haven't been to the, any of the is, Harry Potter stuff. It is the fullest screen I've ever. Well, I mean, so the one in uh, the other Harry Potter one, which is a mm-hmm. screen ride, it's one where your legs are dangling and it's moving you around to look at the screens. While wow. Gringotts is is a roller coaster, just like Gringotts. And when it starts, is is incredible because you get caught by. Uh, uh, by Voldemort and also uh, Lestrange, Lestrange, mm-hmm. and she gets you with her wand, and then the nor- the car, like you haven't, you don't realize you're on a tilt instead until the car starts to tilt down, and you're like, "This is a roller coaster. I'm about to go down. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ah!" And, like it's such a great like mind screw. Yeah. I really love it. Uh, I, I but think- okay, but the animatronics in it, the Joker one in the video. Go to Laser Time and look at the video. But the Joker one is great. Though, if you play it, you'll hear what sounds like... It really sounds like, until a certain point. They're doing point. a Mark Hamill impersonation. These 
wannabe Justice Leaguers have been trying to stun me with those blasters all day. They don't work on my kind of crazy. <laughs> get em, boys! Up until the get em, boys, <laughs> it was almost a perfect Mark yeah. Hamill Joker impression. And, I mean, it's like, it's the story of every superhero dark ride, which is, I guess we'll have to call in the reserves. Hey, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm the bad guy, and I've captured the good guy. Hey, I've almost got you. What the... F-? Like, it's... That's it, what's it, fun it implies about a it. bunch of, like... They show Luther and Superman fighting right oh, yeah. in front of you so, in the middle of the track. Yeah, so they uh, they confirm in it that it has Green Lantern, Superman, ah. Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, and there's a cyborg animatronic too, mm-hmm. and and Joker and and. But he's Lars on like Luther. a four wheeler with a Gatlin gun. Yeah, well he's shooting he's shooting his green gas at you, so like Joker toxin, like that's so cool. That, it looks it looks awesome, and I, I I don't think I'll ever go to Arlington, Texas, but it sucks. But uh, but didn't someone point out that there was a similar ride? Well, what I didn't realize mm-hmm. uh, until doing this article was like so there's tons of DC rides more than Marvel a lot. But the thing is, like, so many of them are like, it's a it's a roller coaster. It's a called tangential Green relation. Lantern. It's the they, like, there's a brand new Batman ride that looks nuts. But what it has to do with Batman, I have no idea. <laughs> it has the logo on it. There's at least two Superman rides that at least feel there's, Superman-y. One well, they, where you get like, to like lie down and yeah, put your arms well, out. It's it's a leg dangler, except you're held up, yeah. and so you get to fly like Superman. And then another, that's insane. And another one is called Escape from Krypton, where it feels like you're in a rocket being shot off. Mm-hmm. Of Krypton, like both of those, they're interesting, but but there there's only so in Australia they do have a dark ride that is Alien Invasion, which looks like instead of fighting the Injustice Society, mm. you're fighting Starro, the starfish Who alien could that takes over people's brains. But the outside of it looks just like the Hall of Justice. Awesome, it's, it's amazing looking. Like that's what I loved about, and what is sad that it's kind of dated now, but. Mm-hmm. At the Spider-Man ride, walking through the Daily Bugle, like that's incredible. I, uh, I remember that very vividly, and I've only been told recently that it feels dated. Oh, it does. It really does. Well, the really? fake websites they have on the computer screens there, Ooh. they they are 1999 Ooh. websites, and they probably won't be updated. I've nerded out about legally. This. They can't. Uh, they did that before Disney uh, got bought Marvel, and I believe they still have the Marvel theme park rights west of the Mississippi. Yeah, and what it really but you probably can't upon, change it, right? And you, man, our this, we did a Simpson stream last week, you and I, uh-huh. uh, in honor of Harry Shearer leaving. I also did an article on Laser Time Podcast. Uh, but uh, you're bringing out this merch, and it's still sitting here. I bought a Blinky Fish. You got a Dancing Homer, a Scratchy Hat. This is the most merchandise, varied merchandise, I've seen commercially available for The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. It's like, great in merch. Pers- it, and that's worth going to Springfield to the Springfield section of Universal. Worth it just to buy that shit. But if you go to the Islands of Adventure portion with the Marvel stuff in it, they exist to force you into gift shops where you can get merch you will not find anywhere else. Yeah. And probably, like, I go into Disney store now and it's like that's it that's all you, <laughs> you have you can buy that at a disney store yeah but it's but there's way more mer- there's way more simpsons merchandise i would say in universal than there is in like one of those awful fox yeah fox theme stores yeah totally uh, and that will keep that will keep universal universal will hold on to the marvel portion of that yeah as long as they can well so, i mean i love but i bought a spider-man bobblehead there just because it was real Spider-Man mm-hmm. and not a movie Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They don't make as many toys out of real Spider-Man. Yeah, they have like the, the Marvel Selects, the PVCs, and then like all movie shit and uh, at Disney stores. So that yeah. sort of bums me out. And then I, I know Universal has better merch. So they'll never update the rides because I would bet they can move merch and make and move merch mm-hmm. forever. And to my knowledge, Warner Brothers relinquished their stake in Six Flags. Oh, okay. So I think so. I don't know about but that. But they're still licensing out DC to them. Cause it, like, well, why yeah. wouldn't you? 
It's, yeah. a, it's a great Who else idea. Who going to make a DC ride well, anyway? Well, I mean, it's like, uh, what what happened? Like, didn't didn't Mall of America just kick out Snoopy? And Snoopy uh-huh. is being purchased by Knott's Landing. Like, no, I love the Peanuts, <laughs> but I don't know why a, a child would. And uh, when I was a little kid, I, I always thought of, I was disappointed in Six Flags because I would walk around mm-hmm. and it's just, Six Flags is In the like, kids section, you'll have Looney Tunes characters, well, which is the, great. Okay, that's the thing. Six Flags, at least in the early 90s, mm-hmm. who knows how true this is there, but when I was a kid, it was in this weird nether, gray area between the local, the local fun carnival and Disney World. Like, it was like, oh, these are committed real rides, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the Disney wonderment or like oh they built this thing you saw in a well, movie and then have... you'd see a guy in a fucking Taz suit or Bugs and you're like mm-hmm. why aren't there more Looney Tunes shit I want I want to go <laughs> yeah. to the Bugs Bunny world because well, Six Flags is primarily it's like it's a permanent carnival and the kids yeah. rides are only like here's a shitty roller coaster here's a thing that spins and then, yes. and then then they have the high level roller coasters and big drops and like they theme those after DC characters but what they'd lack is they don't have Disney World's like sense of like you're riding this movie with these mm-hmm. characters and that's why that's what made me excited about seeing this Justice League thing that's mm-hmm. the first thing I've seen yeah. with DC characters well so and uh, if if they have the Hall of Justice, I am tempted to, if I have a job or if I can afford it, when mm-hmm. WrestleMania 32 comes oh, up. you are insane. And I'll go to Dallas, then I'll take a side trip one day to go to Arlington and go on that ride. That was like a $2,000 trip right But there. it's more likely that, uh, then again, maybe I'll just go, maybe the next time I go to Tokyo, mm-hmm. I will then also go to Australia because it's relatively close. Jesus, and just you have no Australia. sense in how much things cost. Look, I'm, I am assuming I'm going to become very rich in the next year. So uh, I'm not. I have the uh, opposite mindset for a Patreon. But uh, <laughs> but it, anyway, we should get on. I'm just wondering news. why they do, and I wanted to just point this out because I'll never be able to spray this knowledge anywhere else. But uh-huh. I believe, which it, this is a shame because I believe Warner Brother. I don't think they own a stake in Six Flags anymore. Uh-huh. I think they're, I think think Six Flags is way because they were called Six Flags because there were six locations all over the country. Right now, right. there's hundreds. Yeah. Um, they, they like bought old shit. stuff oh, yeah, and then they, just named them Six Flags. But I believe they're licensing out. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But the, I, I could have sworn. I was researching, because I'm an idiot and this is what I do on the internet at night. Where is the original Falcor? You can't lose. You cannot lose a puppet of that size. <laughs> and I believe there's a Warner Brothers park in Germany. Uh, like a Universal Studios, there's a like a, a Gremlins dark ride. Oh wow! With Gremlins oh, yeah, puppets yeah. and the the idea that like you built a Gremlins ride and never built a Superman or Batman ride ever. Yeah, that Ever. just seems poor planning. It, do, it does, but here's the thing. If I'm Universal Studios and Warner Brothers doesn't have a stake in Six Flags, mm-hmm. how awesome would it be for Islands of Adventure to <laughs> have... DC and Marvel? Dude. Man, oh. That, I wonder, man, that had pissed Marvel off big time. Maybe bet, you but. could replace it with the Kathy and Dagwood cafes with I know, that, <laughs> the that, Dudley Do-Right roller coaster. I went there last year, and it was like the <laughs> saddest area because their stores were supposed to have theme stuff, but other than Popeye, they like just had stuff from other lands because mm-hmm. nobody wants a Felix shirt or a I Dagwood do. shirt. You do, and Japanese people do, but not, <laughs> do. not Americans, buddy. It's the island of misfit IP. That's what Universal is. I'm a Charlie <laughs> in the box. Well, speaking of DC or Warner handling things in different ways. No oh boy. All right, so Suicide Squad seems to be like the least secure set <laughs> in the world. I wonder if that I, I I thought that was intentional. There's they a leak were, every day. But they removed a bunch of stuff. I mean, they took I, it down. I, I didn't see any of the video from um I saw gifts from the video, mm-hmm. so the scene uh, is definitely reminiscent of the, the Joker and Harley relationship, which mm-hmm. is, it looks like Joker is about to escape. Harley, oh, spoilers for Suicide Squad, probably, <laughs> but 
So it looks like uh, Joker and Harley are working together, but Harley is in her normal outfit, and then the Joker, like, her and Joker get in an argument, then he smacks her. And it seems to be a flashback, either before she became Harley Quinn or she's undercover. I wonder if that's the only time Joker appears. I don't think so, because that was like him in his criminal outfit. But, like, also, close-up picture shows... He's got those tattoos. So people who are trying to say, <laughs> no, no, those tattoos are just oh. for that special image. Like, no, they are not. He has those tattoos. I, I wanted to those reiterate. Those are really there. I saw Craig Candico put up a picture uh, on his site. Uh, being a DC fan doesn't mean hating Marvel. Being a Marvel fan doesn't mean yeah, hating DC. And I totally. can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. And I don't feel that way. And I think the Joker's tattoos are uh, executive t- meddling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an example of too many cooks, people trying to cool Joker up. Yeah. But it is by no means a deal breaker of any Certainly kind. not. not. I just think it's I, not a Liz Lemon deal breaker. No, no <laughs> it's not a deal breaker at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that stuff looked really cool, especially him driving around in a purple Joker. Yeah, Lambo. His, oh man, that was awesome looking. It and and I think I I think he's got the Joker well though. I do wonder how they're going to handle the abusive relationship. Like that's just that's always been the thing with Joker and Harley is that Joker is a bad boyfriend. He doesn't <laughs> love her. He uses her and he abuses her. And she is the eventually abandons him. And she eventually does. I At think least in the because new 52. The, I think because the readers uh, the writers realize like this is bad if she's just like this beat up girlfriend who keeps coming back to the her abuser. Mm-hmm. I personally, if I was writing the series, the movie, at the end she'd be like, oh, I should be with po- Poison Ivy. She's nice. And then they just, <laughs> they become lesbians. Together. I think it's only, if the Joker has to be killed, it's only appropriate that Harley do it. She ever. should be the one to do it. Ever. Uh, ever, ever, but, ever. yeah, Suicide Squad really needs to lock down their stuff. Though, I, I, it's it's, though my, there were some it's my imagination that they, they, they're not trying to lock it down. This, they, they have, they have Maybe year, they want that interest. When is the movie out? Uh, 2016 they have year seemingly year-long promotion yeah i mean this actually helps them get press sure maybe it's will smith having coffee with margot robbie they'll also i'm almost uh, unimpressed by them but they are making me super excited for the suicide squad movie though they also like uh, cap civil war had that same thing some stuff leaked from that which i don't even want to discuss like oh i didn't i don't know about i only saw him in in uniform and crossbones yeah, no, there was also a... It seems to be a pretty major scene. That I was right, like, oh, you right. maybe should have locked down this thing. All right, I don't want to hear about that. Anyway, yeah, I kind of wish I didn't know it. But what I do know... What do you know, Hank? Is uh, that Disney said, like, offhandedly, uh, Bob Iger and Disney said, mm-hmm. like, we could have whole channels devoted to Marvel and Star Wars. Like, Yeah, the, that's a little the, much. <laughs> no, well, having a... Like, just starting a cable channel now just feels so regressive. They're like, yeah, we're making a cable channel. Like, I think they mentioned it would, it would only be streaming. Okay. Hey. Well, I mean, they make a lot of um, they make a lot of original Marvel programming mm-hmm. as it is now. Like, there's like three or four different cartoons on. However, that, the, that Disney owns. I don't think it's diverse enough. I don't think I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, think they can't can... have X Men and Fantastic Four. So, well, they could probably have the old cartoons. But maybe fat lot of good that'll do you because those are kind of terrible. Well, I don't know if I am Saban like. Fox sort of owns them too. It could no, be no Fox. The same. Disney bought out Fox's stake and all the Fox oh, good stuff. Okay, all right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's that's how, that's why they made the decision to buy Marvel because mm-hmm. they were airing that stuff on Toon Disney. Uh, all right, and, but 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 yeah. I I mean I can't. I'm trying to remember what it would be like as a kid if I could had access to all Marvel content. I still think uh, I would. Okay, where's the comedy? Where's the slapstick? Where's the silly shit? Well, yeah, and that's what I and think you, we forgot what it was like I, to what, watch cartoons I, that were. Before you were eight. And at one point, I I want to do a later time episode about channel drift, a wonderful term I learned while in a deep wiki binge. 
you and mean like how you shift from MTV to VH1? No, no. How how MTV switched from making music videos to being the Teen Network, oh. or how uh, AMC switched from American Movie Classics to showing things like Breaking Bad and Walking Dead. They eventually want original programming. The channel, and you can see Channel Drift tuned Disney or became Disney XD. Yes, and is now airing Doctor Who. What? It is airing Doctor I Who. Know that. So the Channel Drift, like uh, like uh, we're we're watching Nick at Night and like Back to the Future Two came on. Like I guess since it's old, this counts. Channel Drift. What does the Marvel Channel do when it eventually decides, well, we need to branch out into new original programming, Boy, but we're not going to make any Marvel stuff? I don't know. What does the Star Wars Channel do? All right, we'll start, start showing Star Trek. We're the, we're the animated <laughs> sci-fi channel. I guess it could just channel. become the new... I mean, a Disney-funded sci-fi channel will probably be better than the actual sci-fi channel. I don't think that. they should do that. If anything, I think Disney should make an action-oriented uh, channel. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and that XD should be, is their boys' channel. And that like should be they, buoyed by Star, uh, by Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's overkill to give them their own channels. Yeah, yeah. Though, I, well, I made that offhand joke about the uh, FF and X Men not being in there because there was mm-hmm. another, there was another Secret Wars shirt that cut out the X Men and Fantastic Four from I the cover. I saw it in person this week uh, while well, looking for a Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin costume. I saw the. It was the uh, the cover. The newest one I saw was the cover with uh, the symbiote costume. With everybody in the background, this one was a little more Whoa. subtle, just because like they're such tiny images. But like, oh, there, there's no more Rogue or Wolverine. In this, you okay? Yeah, yeah. You got the sniffles. No, it was just that was snottier than I expected. Uh, uh, but we're recording this in the earliest podcast recorded in history on a weekday, so I'm kind of just out of bed. You've never recorded at one o'clock before? No. Um, but we can do that now. Well, Don. speaking of the T, okay. So back to the DC TV shows. Mm-hmm. First, there was the new trailer for DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which is which looks really neat. Yeah, and it's another one of those ones that just like in the Flash show, it is the message is you guys were supposed to, you guys are going to be heroes, but you were supposed to be them five years later, where I came from. But now I'm going to have to guide you to being those heroes now. And the guy doing that huh? is another time traveler, Rick Hunter, who is. A time master, not a time lord, a time master. There's difference. I don't know. Um, well, one is owned by the BBC for Doctor <laughs> Who, and one is a time master. Got it. Uh, Rip Hunter is a character who I never thought I'd see on in live action because yeah. he was a lame 90s character who was just a time traveler who fixes stuff. And so he's pulled together these the new heroes who have appeared in other stuff. Adam, mm-hmm. uh, White Canary, not black. Uh, like I think it's the sister good. Of black canary. About time there's a White Canary, Henry. Firestorm and Captain Cold and Heatwave. They bring them all together to be in uh, a new Justice League or the people who will be the Justice League. And so they're the Legends of Tomorrow. And Rip Hunter is telling them how to do that. It's kind of like how Rip Hunter. Slight private. slight spoilers. But Harrison Wells was from the future in Flash and was. Guy- Fighting Barry to become the Flash he would become in the timeline he is from. Mm-hmm. And so I think Rip Hunter is that same kind of deal. And uh, it's an interesting setup. I'm going to, I'll, it starts in 2016 and I think it's only going to be a half season long. It definitely looks more expensive than The Flash. Mm-hmm. But uh, in The Flash and Green Arrow are in the trailer for it too. It's a really cool trailer. You can see it on the, on LaserTime, uh, LaserTimePodcast.com. Yeah, dog. Bunch of other shit too. I want to, oh. I just want to plug real quick, uh, We've done a lot of videos this week. Um, mm-hmm. Shit, what are we? Stre- we're going to stream Witcher three. Yeah, we d- we. You did three if you listen yesterday. to Laser Time, it was about gross toys, and we found there is a fucking Mad Balls game, yeah. and we streamed that. Uh, the new Destiny DLC 
and it was the five-year anniversary of Red Dead Redemption. I also hope to have a bunch of exclusive videos up related to Tomorrowland uh, Ooh, there, boy. but I, but I also wrote an article on the top ten performing videos, and I just want it's basically like I I know for a fact a majority of you have not seen these videos <laughs> because the numbers tell me that uh, tell that story. So here they are and spread out like here are our best performing videos. You can see the Chipettes and Star I Wars, that Diamond Doll song a lot of times, and uh, and and then maybe my biggest disappointments. I just wanted to plug that because I'm trying to get feedback from people and I, there's not a ton of comments on it. Well, so two tiny last bits of news. There was a variety cover story on the the on the man who is the executive producer on all those DC shows. Mm-hmm. And on the cover is him with Flash and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. But in the article he says they're going to say separate separate for now. They're not they're and he kind of makes it clear they aren't in the same universe. Supergirl comes from a world where Superman is a very established thing. Mm-hmm. Flash comes from a world where there are no superheroes. And, like, he he's one of the first metahumans. There's no Superman. So those two can't work together. That said, the Flash finale, when a lot of the Flash has opened up a lot of doorways to going to other universes and meeting other people. So That is the, the spoilerific things I keep reading about the Flash finale. Yeah, pretty much. But look, I, I'm not, I don't want to get it's too It's so spo- awesome. But they've been opening up that doorway, like, since halfway through I the season. I guess so. If, if, if Captain Zoom is on there, then... <laughs> I know Zoom. it's Professor Zoom. I just wanted to irritate people. But also they mentioned that Supergirl has, like, a way bigger budget than The Flash, which... CBS. It makes me think the Flash is doing really good on what they consider oh, yeah. a small budget. I bet, I, I bet the budget increases from here on out. The word yeah. of mouth from this is really good. It's very yeah. It's a it's a great show. And, you, it and really it's is. awesome that the word is word of mouth is good because it's stuck to its roots. Yeah. Like the, the, the less it's just they superheroes. Yeah, the less they seem to adapt. Like, well, we gotta ground things. Like, and they didn't seem to bother with that shit at all. Like, yeah. Uh, and then lastly, Archie shut down their Kickstarter out of negative response to it. I just, knew it. Told you, a, a longtime corporation can't start a Kickstarter yet. People got mad at them. And then also, I think they shut it down partially too because they wanted 300000 After four days, they weren't even up to 50000 And in the world of Kickstarter, that means your Kickstarter is going to fail if you're not at that or it's way too much of a gamble if you wait till the end you may just get 300,000 but you yeah. probably won't yeah and so yeah Ugh. it's it's uh, they still say they're gonna go forward with those books I uh, it, it was weird I, I still I definitely I just want to see Chip Zdarsky's Jughead like I'll pay them <laughs> I'll pay five dollars for that just do yeah that. It was, I started rereading the Howard the Duck series uh, so good right yeah it's really funny uh, all right why so are then- we wearing chef's hats <laughs> So good. Uh, so now the answers to last week's question of the week before we go on too was long. What, dog? Uh, it was who would you have doing an Archie comic mm-hmm. book? What creators would you have on it? And so uh, here are some of my favorite ones. Banquo's stepson says, For the fuck of it, I would have Frank Miller do <laughs> an Archie comic. <laughs> I want him to just go crazy and have it as a non canon Archie comic. If I'm being realistic, G. Willow Wilson would be great with Archie, given her work on Miss Marvel. She writes the teenage mm. perspective really well. Yeah, she does. And I think it would translate beautifully. Uh, Aimbot Master says Alan Moore on the Archie Sonic imprint. <laughs> uh, annual Gift Giving Man <laughs> said Bruce Tim doing Betty and Veronica, and he includes that he had a Betty and Veronica sketch Bruce Tim did in the... Oh, in yeah. the forums, it looks really great. Uh, Batman Boy says Grant Morrison or Ed Brubaker for writing. Grant would respect the entire history of Archie and make a generation-spanning tale, and Brubaker would make a hard-boiled noir take on Riverdale. Well, let me tell you, 
If you want to read an Ed Brubaker Archie comic, ah. he did that. Sorry, Derek Baker just let me know on Facebook uh, just 11 minutes ago. Put a timestamp on it. Donald Duck number one is out. Oops. So weird it's on IDW and not Mar- oh, not man, the comic imprint strange. that Disney but, owns. But Ed, as I was about to say before you mm. rudely interrupted me, Ed Brubaker did an Archie comic, did or he? in all but name. He... Uh, one of the volumes of Criminal is basically Archie, and is one. Really? It was my favorite comic of 2013. You just need to read it. It is a, it is a hard boiled <laughs> story of tawdry affairs and murder and drugs, but it takes place in basically Riverdale wow. with Archie and Reggie and Jughead and everybody. You. It must be read. Let me. I'm gonna have to look up the name of it in a second. But Cinosaur uh, says uh, he'd want Rumiko Takahashi to do it. Clearly, she knows she's the creator of Yurusai Tsuri, Inuyasha, Rama One Half, Meizani Koku. I'm glad you knew I needed that. Clearly, she knows all about how to write a comedic harem story, and mm-hmm. that would work for it. Would work for Archie. Uh, and then Sensational says, I say we let Rob Liefeld take Archie Comics. Mm-hmm. To begin with, everyone gets in unnecessary straps and pouches. This is mandatory, and they must have a minimum of six. Next, feet will no longer be seen. I want it to have an early FPS look <laughs> when I look down. All right, and then Hitler Me This Batman said, Mike Mignola on Sabrina. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Uh, oh, and then Super Giraffe had my favorite one, which I'm going to steal. Is Super Giraffe says, me. If I had the power to give anyone a job, I'd give it to me. Me too, Super right Giraffe. There, yeah. I'm if, with you. Uh, You're my then, choice. And then also, I uh, wanted to include this extra comment from Seabake, who gave us uh, an interesting insight into the Age of Ultron. Look, this is a this is a post credits thing for Age of Ultron, but if you haven't seen it by spoiler, now, seriously. Spoiler, 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 spoilers. All right. So we said that Thanos' grabbing the glove and saying, I have to do this myself, was a pointless mm-hmm. scene because we already knew he was going to do this mm-hmm. stuff. But Seabake, I'm, I'm just going to have to uh, mm-hmm. truncate this. But Seabake brings up that Ultron was a creation of Thanos. Yes. That Thanos had access to the Mind Gem or that scepter mm-hmm. and used that to create Ultron through him. Well, I That's thought... how Ultron... Well, let me finish this. Sorry, go ahead. Ultron actually showed up in that shocked Stark and Banner. They didn't realize it was from Thanos. That Ultron is out to hate the Avengers because he was created by Thanos to destroy the Avengers. And that uh, when he says, guess I'll have to do this myself, that's him saying... Ultron failed. failed. That was my last attempt to strike at them, but not myself. So now it's up to me. I thought that's it, a good theory. I thought it was the mind gem that created Ultron, and it was Ultron seeing Thanos' plan. That because yeah. he keeps saying like you you are all doomed, and you're not ready for what's coming. In order to withstand what's about to happen, it only when the dust settles, all that will be left is metal. Yeah, but that, um, but that scepter, he is from the scepter, and the yes. scepter is from Thanos. Well, so. I, yeah, I think so. I, I think right. so too. I also was reading something. I'm glad we're in a sport because I, I, I wouldn't bring this up otherwise. Uh, because people, like, I read an article, I forget where, maybe it was Movie Pilot. It's on Facebook. Uh, fucking, it was about, like, people were disappointed about the post credit scene in Age of Ultron. Yeah. But the biggest lead in to Infinity War occurs in the very beginning of the movie. And, I, and the thing is, is, like, I remember watching this and, like, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But Iron Man's Scarlet Witch scene yeah. is. That's that it is, is literally, teaser. literally Infinity Gauntlet down to Cap Shield broken half, and we've yeah. never mentioned that. Uh, I just want to make sure, true. like, because I the true. second I saw it, I'm like, this is forecasting, and then, but then like in conjunction with everybody else's Scarlet Witch vision, mm-hmm. they all got looks at their past or possible futures. I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. No, I totally get that. But I just thought, like, yeah, I knew that. I just forgot to mention. <laughs> why did I? Why did I have to point that out? All right, no, okay. My own insecurities. 
And the spoiler zone is over. Spoiler zone over. If you've been skipping forward, spoilers over. Anyway, all right. So this week's question of the week, based on all this ride stuff, if you could have a comic book ride exist, what would you want it to be? Mm. I'm going to start first. So I want a new dark dark room ride. I mm-hmm. love dark room rides. And one is perfect for already flying around in three-dimensional space, hmm. the Fantastic Car. Oh, yeah. There should be a Fantastic huh. Four ride. You're chasing after Doom. You fly by Galactus. You get almost eaten by a giant mole man thing. You can just fly around and then have the four personalities of Fantastic Four talking all around you. It'll just be like Star Tours, except with... You know, Ben Grimm saying, what a revolting development. <laughs> I think that'd be amazing. And you can use the parts for from Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's that's Despicable Me now. That's the Despicable I'm Me. I'm just right. saying the parts. Okay. The parts, use the parts. Um, yeah. What do you Mine, I, I don't want to describe it again because I've done it too many times. Uh, my ideal superhero ride already exists. The oh. In terms of, like, I, I know what you were saying earlier about the roller coasters. It's the Green Lantern coaster. Why? Because the rail is green. Yes. And that is the case with uh, the Incredible Hulk coaster in Islands of Adventure. Well, it's at least gamma radiated. It it's, is... it's not only gamma radiated, it fucks with the whole convention of roller coasters, which I've spoiled before. I guess I won't do it again. I but mean, like, it's been around for 20 years. People know the right. It's 16 years. long? Holy shit. I went there in 1999. Like, Holy shit. I got, I got to be there for the preview month I thought you didn't it. do coasters. I did this one because it was a whole. I but. thought it was great. It has a, it has a great build up. Like the the beauty of a, creating a ride is the preamble while you're yeah. in line, and it has a great one. Mm-hmm. And then by the t- like, and it's all about like fucking with uh, using gamma radiation to fuck with the DNA strain of Banner, which you're basically riding on. Yeah. So it does. It, it has a narrative reason to be there and to be a roller coaster. And then it's you know, the, awesome. The and roller coaster hulks out and flings you yes. before you get even to the top. Of yes. The thing. Like you are living in Banner's DNA. It is really cool. It's one. Of, it might be my favorite coaster in the universe because it's, I, I don't know. Great, I love it. It is a great coaster. That's from somebody who isn't in the coasters. Yeah. If you go, if you plan a family trip to Orlando. I still say Disney World, the entire Magic Kingdom, or the entire of Disney World mm-hmm. should be your A thing, but stay a second day and do Universal. It's still great. You can only yeah. you should only visit Universal once a decade because that gives them enough time <laughs> to refresh their rides. Yeah. yeah. That's how it was for me. I actually I hadn't been to Universal in sixteen years, and by that point they had the mummy ride, they had Transformers, mm-hmm. they had all the they had all the Harry Potter stuff, and they had uh, the Simpsons. Like all that was new. Like and it was Five an antiquated roller coaster. Oh, and Despicable Me, and Despicable Me, I which I watched in my movie of the night behavior, and I hate it. So, Aww. so there. Man, well, <laughs> anyway, what kind of ride would you want to see based on a comic book? <laughs> Tell us about it in the forums. There'll be a link to it on the episode one thirty eight. <laughs> page which will be on lasertimepodcast.com love you and there's so many other great things you can do that you can read all the new stories i've been writing a lot more i wrote a whole thing about david letterman mm-hmm. i wrote a whole thing about the dc rides i'm doing a lot more posts on the site check that out and of course if you've yet to get the avengers commentary tracks come on bro go to lasertime.bandcamp.com uh but like also chris said new episode of laser time this week yeah i'm really happy about this one i, I want to do it for a long time I listen. gross I listen. toys gross toys i'd, I'd preface it as like a 
No generation is better than next, except mine, because our toys were disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see disgusting toys anymore. But in the eighties, they were in the eighties and nineties, they were huge. We got so as gross as we were going. Gross toys playing with shit and garbage smelling things and it slime. Was, and I like that Diana was on it to give the women woman's perspective, which she hated to do. She always hates doing. It. I love bothering her. Yeah, that you bring her on there to be like, well, you're the professional woman here. So <laughs> what do you as as? The I, but I was I was genuinely women. curious because those the because we play a couple of commercials mm-hmm. and. And the commercials literally set up women as the adversaries slash targets of all Don't of these toys. Don't tell girls about it. Ew, gross. You're goddamn right, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, the that, that was the ethos. Of My it, word. Shut up, bitch. Fold <laughs> your face in the snot. Yeah, the teachers will hate it. Uh, also, there's a new Man, cheap pop. There's a new cheap podcast this week mm-hmm. where we talk about the recent pay per view, of which there are goddamn four in the next. That was the first of four in the next th- uh, four weeks, mm-hmm. and that's just WWE. Yeah, that's. I'm it's not looking forward to that at all. Yeah, your house is uh, gonna be taking over two more t- uh, the su- Saturday well, after Sunday after next and the Sunday after that. Eh, just that, that shit takes the longest. Laser time doesn't take four hours of prep before we do it. Uh, but you know what else is good is VGA, the Video Game Apocalypse Vigi. Show. Give that a listen. And Vigi, VG Empire, they just had an Avengers music episode. Mm. Gotta listen to that. All right, but enough plugs. Enough of that. Thanks again for listening. And until next time. Excelsior! Excelsior.